Father, thank you for sending your Son. Jesus, we want to know you and make you known. And Holy Spirit, we need your help now. That I might speak, that we might hear, understand, believe, and obey your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So, hear God's word. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52. God's word says this. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. You can be seated. Now, if you are uh, somebody that's like 18 and younger, I tried to catch you on the way in, and I gave you a little outline uh, of the sermon today that you can put out in front of you, and here's what you're going to do with it. I am going to, as we walk through this passage, you're going to hear of things that you should draw in that little box, okay? So there's a box for each point in the sermon, and you're going to draw a picture, and I would like the whole church to see it. Okay? Even if it's not like the best picture you've ever drawn, I still want the church to see it. So, after the sermon, there is in the box back there on the table, uh, there is a, a box on the table back there that you can just put it in. If you really want me to see it right now, I'm going to see it there. If you put it in the box, I'll pick it up. If you want me to see it right away, you can come and show me, and I love to look at it. And then what we're going to do is we're going to tape all of those pictures that you draw up on the wall back there so next week when everybody comes, they can see a picture and be reminded of what we looked at this week. You got it, Davey? You're ready to pick? Okay, so you're ready to draw? First picture you're going to draw is this. You heard me read this. I want you to draw a picture of Jesus and his family going up a mountain. It says they're going up to Jerusalem because Jerusalem is kind of on a high spot. So they're climbing up a hill to go to Jerusalem. That's the first picture you're going to draw in box number one. I think the color of that box is blue, okay? That blue box, draw a picture of Jesus and his family going up to Jerusalem. We're told in verses 41 and 42 that this is something they did every year. They would do it at the time of the feast of the Passover. They weren't the only family that did it. 
right? They were among a lot of families that would come from lots of different places to go up to Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover. And Passover, you might remember, is the feast that Israel, the Jewish people, would have every year to remind them of when God delivered them from slavery in Egypt. So, Jesus is 12 years old. So, if you're wanting to know like, how to make Jesus look in your picture, he's 12 years old at this time. It said that right there in, in the passage that we read. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. Pastor Nick pointed this out last week. Jesus' family is Jewish, and they observe the law. They do what the law says to do. And so, they went for the Feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. So this isn't the first time that they've made this trip. This is a trip he's gotten used to now as a boy, taking year after year. So you're drawing that picture in box number one. Box number two, Jesus is missing. Okay, Jesus is missing. And some of you kids maybe have had this experience before, where you're somewhere with your family, and then your family goes away, and you're still there. So in box number two, draw a picture of Jesus' family going back down the mountain, but Jesus still there. Okay? That's what you could draw in picture number two. I'm the oldest of four in my family, and we came from a small town in west central Minnesota, but every once in a while, we would make a trip to the big city. Uh, the, the one I off, most often remember is once a year, we would usually travel from our small town to Minneapolis to go to the Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome and watch the Twins play baseball. So we would go there, and as the oldest of four, with a lot of oldest child tendencies, I like to be in control and I like to feel responsible. And so I made sure, as a little small town boy in this city with people all around us, that any time, like I I would get this feeling in my gut uh, and in my chest as everything would tighten up when I would be looking around sometimes and not spot all of my siblings. I had this fear that one of them would get lost in the big city, right? Jesus is from a small town of Nazareth, and his family has traveled to Jerusalem along with many other people, a much bigger city, at a very busy time, and as the family. Now, it's not just Jesus and his mom and dad and and his family, but extended family too, and probably all the people that had come from Nazareth. So they're traveling in a big group. And they've left Jesus behind. He's stayed there. Look at verses 46 and 47 again. Wait, not that far. Look at verses 43 through 45. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it. But supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. So it wasn't like 10 minutes. It was a whole day they had traveled away. A day's journey But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances, and when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. So you can imagine this big family group, they're kind of walking along, and maybe they've already spent a night somewhere alongside the road, and then they start looking around. Hey, is Jesus with you? No. Did he come with you? No, he's not. He's not with me. Oh, no. Now they're kind of more frantically searching around the whole group. Where's Where's Jesus? And they find he's not among anybody here. We need to go back to Jerusalem and search for him. So they turn around. We don't know how many in the family do this, but some turn around and go back to Jerusalem and 
look for him. So one day out, one day to get back to Jerusalem, my guess is they probably went faster on the way back to Jerusalem trying to find him, right? Uh, so, so they're nervous. They're trying to find Jesus back in Jerusalem, and it's on the third day that they finally find him. Now, we wonder, what is Jesus doing for three days don't you think if you're a kid who's 12 years old from a small town in a city, I would be panicking. I'd be looking for somebody with a cell phone, right? You've got to call my mom and dad. Like, I, what am I doing? But that's not what Jesus is doing, is he? What's Jesus doing while he's back in Jerusalem? Notice this, verse 46. Verse 46 says this, And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. So what is Jesus doing while he's waiting? He's learning. He found some people who are good teachers And Jesus, the eternal Son of God, is sitting there and he's listening to teachers and he's asking them questions there in the temple. Now, when it says temple here, the the temple would have had not just the, the temple structure itself, but all sorts of gates and chambers and courts and those kinds of things. So so a larger area, and Jesus is somewhere in that area listening to these. So in picture number three, you might draw a picture of Jesus learning from some teachers. Okay, So Jesus is sitting there, and there's teachers, and Jesus is listening, and he's asking questions. Now, maybe this would be a funny picture to draw, too. If you would rather draw this one, you can in box number three. Verse 48, his mom finds him, right? Verse 48, now... If I'm drawing this picture, I'm drawing Jesus' mom, I'm thinking she might have her hands on her hips while she's talking to him. Or maybe her arms up in the air like this, right? Because look at what she says in verse 48. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. Some of you have heard that from a parent before. Something very much like that. Like we, we've been looking all over for you. Right? So that's what we hear in verse 48. I mean, think about it. Put yourself in Mary's shoes. Jesus had literally been the perfect child. Right? And so, so like what, what is going on here? I could always depend on him. He, he seemed like, where, where's he at? What were you thinking? What were you doing? And this opens up the door for us to hear. Now, these would be the first recorded words of Jesus we have uh, in all of Scripture, right? Here in verse 49, what does Jesus say? Verse 49, And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? What we see here is that Jesus, even though his age is just 12, he has some kind of understanding already of who he is and what he's come to do. 
it was right for Jesus. Jesus wasn't wrong in doing what he had done, to stay there in the temple asking questions and listening and learning and growing in wisdom and knowledge from these teachers. And we could easily miss one thing that Jesus says that I think is really, really important. Did you notice what Jesus called the temple? He says, did you not know that I must be in my Father's house? Nobody in that day or in the centuries before that day would talk about the temple in that same way. For Jesus to recognize his relationship to God the Father, so much so that he could call the temple my Father's house, that was not the normal way of talking. Jesus knew who he was in relationship to God the Father. And he knew something of the mission that God had sent him on. And his parents don't get it. Did you catch that in verse 50? In verse 50 it says, And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. Think about all that his parents knew from Scripture about who Jesus was. Remember what they had heard from the angel who came to tell them before he was born. Remember what they heard from the shepherds who came in from the field and talked to them and told them what they had heard. Remember what they had heard when Jesus was 40 days old from Simeon and Anna there in that same temple area. But still, after spending every day with Jesus during his life, He's 12 years old. He's starting to understand some things and to explain some things about who he is and what he's come to do. And his family doesn't quite get it yet. All right, picture number four. Picture number four. Jesus obeys and grows up. So we don't hear how they respond to Jesus' comment about, I must be in my father's house. But this, this account gets summed up in verse 51 when it says this, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them, and his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And then verse 52, here's what you can draw. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Just draw a picture of Jesus growing up. Okay? I don't know how you do that. I'm not very good at drawing, so you'll have to figure out how, how you draw that picture. But draw a picture of Jesus growing up. And, and I love just these two verses. This is beautiful. You have Jesus, the eternal Son of God, Israel's promised Messiah, fully human, perfectly obedient to God's law, and he honors his father and mother. That's what God says to do, to honor your father and mother, and he does that. Notice that in verse 51. He went down with them, came to Nazareth, and was submissive to them. Or your translation might say, was subject to them. Or your translation might say, or was obedient to them. Right? Jesus, eternal Son of God, submits himself, obeys his earthly parents. And... What a joy and pleasure it must be to be the mother of Jesus. It says, his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Now, this is not a mother who understands everything yet. Just said she didn't understand what he was talking about. Doesn't understand everything, but she's treasuring, storing up, keeping hold of 
all of these moments as Jesus grows up. And then verse 52 tells us how Jesus grows up. And if you, so, so picture this. We've got this account of Jesus at age 12, and then we're not going to hear anything more about him until age 30. That's 18 years that we just really don't hear anything about Jesus' life. What's Jesus doing? Well, he's growing up. He's growing in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. Very interesting, I think, that like over half of Jesus' life on earth, time-wise, we don't have any account of, right? Over half of Jesus' life on earth. Uh, God, the Holy Spirit, did not inspire any of the gospel writers to write any more than what we have right here, Jesus, age 12. And I love this picture of how fully human Jesus is. Let me just comment on a couple things here. It says he increases in wisdom. And that is, Jesus is fully human. He, he doesn't, he's not born as a baby with, with, with all wisdom. Uh, he's growing in wisdom. He, we've seen this hunger for him to learn. He's sitting at the temple. He's listening. He's asking questions. Jesus is growing and learning. He's increasing in stature. That's just another way of saying his body is growing. Jesus has to eat food. Jesus has to sleep. Jesus has to go through puberty and everything that every other kid goes through as their body grows. This is what's happening to Jesus, who, yes, is fully God, but is also fully human. He's growing in wisdom. He's growing in stature. And then it says he's growing in favor with God and with man. I had to look up, what does it mean to grow in favor uh, what I saw was this, growing in grace or favorable regard, growing in relationship. It's not that he's earning more of God's favor, but he's growing in his relationship. Even his relationship with God the Father over time while he's on earth is a growing relationship. He is growing in grace in relationship with other people within his own family, outside of his family. Jesus is increasing in favor with God and with man. And this, I think, is just incredible to think about. That the majority of Jesus' earthly life is spent in a small town in the middle of nowhere, north of Jerusalem, like 90 miles, in this obscure city, and Jesus is just doing normal kid stuff. He's eating. He's sleeping. He's growing up. And that's all we know, that summary in Luke 2, 52. So, application for us in this. Kids and parents, let me address kids and parents first. We can learn something about being a kid and about being a parent from this snapshot of Jesus' life, I think. Kids. Kids, it's easy to get caught up in a lot of drama in the world that we live in. And some of you, like especially as you get into middle school and high school, you're starting to feel a lot of pressure that I think the world unfairly puts on you. The world tells you, you can be anything you want to be and do anything you want to do, and your generation is going to go out and change the world right now. And you're just thinking like, I don't know, I just like, I'm having a hard time just processing how I'm feeling 
What I'm like, I'm having a hard time just processing life right now, and I think that's okay. I want us to know this. You might have your own dreams, kids. You might have a dream of like, here's the job. Because people ask you when you're a kid, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? You might have an idea of that. Like, you know what job you want to have. You know how much money you'll want to make. You know, you kind of have a picture of what your family will be like, what pets you'll have, what car you'll drive. Those kinds of things might be in your mind. But you know what I think would be a really good thing to focus on when you're a kid? Learning something from being a kid, learning something from Jesus about being a kid. Think about Jesus. He was growing up to do bigger and better things than any of us will ever do, right? What Jesus was about to do is going to be bigger and better than anything that any of us are ever going to do. And you know what he did when he was a kid? He just learned stuff and grew up, right? We make childhood a lot more complicated than it really is. You know, kids that like, they, well, we, got, we got all this pressure, right? They got to be, if they're going to be in this sport at high school, then they got to start now and they got to, tr- like, they got to be in this club team and this tournament thing, like, and then we, we got to get them in this class so that they get this GPA, so that they get this ACT score, so they get into this school, so they can get this, like, we just make, like, lots of pressure. I love that what we know about Jesus, he just, he just learned stuff and grew up. That's what he did when he was a kid. Learned stuff and grew up. In the last box, kids, they're down on the bottom. That's a kind of funny-shaped box. It's going to be hard to fit stuff in there. So you have to draw kind of a funny picture. But I just, just draw a picture of something you can do to grow up like Jesus. Just like Jesus grew up in stature. He had to do normal things. Like he had to eat food, work hard, sleep at night. So, so kids, teenagers, eat good food, work hard at school, go to sleep at night. Don't commit to too much. Don't make it overcomplicated. Jesus also obeyed his parents, and he grew in his relationship with God and other people. Kids, teenagers, let me challenge you. Don't waste your whole life looking at a screen, whether there's a video game or social media or whatever else on it. Don't waste your whole life doing that. Like, talk to real people. Grow in relationships with real people. Grow in your relationship with God. Give yourself to that. Obey your parents. And respect them, submit to them. They're not perfect, but they love you. And Jesus grew in wisdom. Jesus went to teachers and asked and asked questions and listened to them. So let me just tell you, kids, teenagers, like go to Awana and Sunday school and youth group and attend your family devotions with ears ready to listen with questions ready to ask. Don't waste your childhood with people who love you and want you to know Jesus and are teaching you Scripture. Don't waste it goofing off or waiting for them to entertain you. And Pastor Nick is sometimes entertaining, but not all that much. He doesn't mostly want to be an entertainer, right? He's like, when he's got to like plan games for a youth group and plan a lesson, I can tell you from knowing him, he'd rather plan a lesson. He wants you to know Jesus. But he knows games are kind of helpful, so he does that too. But don't spend, don't waste your childhood, your teenage years goofing off when you have people around you, parents, leaders in the church who want to pour into you, listen to sermons, grow.
Maybe a word to parents as well. Parents, it's easy for us to get wrapped up into parenting kids like the rest of the world parents kids. We can overcommit ourselves to activities that steal away any time we have together as a family, rip us away from the church at times. We run around crazy busy, we're tired a lot, and most of us don't parent better when we're tired, right? What if we were more like Mary and just more frequently slowed down, listened to our kids, even if we didn't understand them, and just treasured it all up in our hearts? I've been helped uh, over time in lots of different ways uh, by a, a pastor, author, dad of nine kids named Kevin DeYoung. Some people say I look like him. What do you think? He, I think his picture is going to be, they think I kind of look like him. I don't know. Uh, but, but I've been helped by him uh, in a number of different ways. By the way, kids, when you're done with your, your drawings, remember you're going to put them in the box on the table in the back. Right next to that box, parents, is a little article uh, by Kevin DeYoung called The Great Parental Freakout, which I think is just really helpful. So you can pick that up if you're a parent back there. Uh, but here's a quote from him that I think is helpful. This comes from his book called Crazy Busy, which we have on that pastor's pick shelf back there, and I would recommend it. It's short. It's, the, the, the subtitle of the book is A Mercilessly Short Book About a Really Big Problem. Okay? Just the idea that families are just crazy busy. Super helpful book. Here's a quote from it. I just know that the longer I parent, the more I want to focus on doing a few things really well and not get too worked up about everything else. I want to spend time with my kids, teach them the Bible, take them to church, laugh with them, cry with them, discipline them when they disobey, say sorry when I mess up, and pray a ton. I want, to, I want them to look back and think, I'm not sure what my parents were doing or if they knew what they were doing, but I always knew my parents loved me, and I knew they loved Jesus. I love the simplicity of that, and I think that comes from an application of this because we just hear the simplicity of Jesus' childhood. He grew in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and with man. Two final quick points of application. Application point number two. Our church is all about knowing Christ and making Him known. This is our mission, so it would be silly for me to preach this passage and not point out clearly if you haven't seen it already, what does this passage teach us about who Jesus is? We want to know Jesus. What does this say about Jesus? In this passage, we see that Jesus is the fully human, perfect Son of God who came to fulfill His Father's plan for our salvation. He's starting to understand His purpose already at age 12. And part of that is made clear here. We needed Jesus. We needed a new Adam. We needed a fully human, sinless Savior. And that's who Jesus is. So do you know this? Do you believe this about Jesus? If you don't, there's nothing I love to talk about more than Jesus. So catch me after the service and just say, can we talk about Jesus? Love to talk to you more about Jesus. And final application is simply this. Some of you might walk away from this church thinking, I think most people there understand all of this way more than I do. That might be discouraging to you. You might feel like disengaging, but please don't. Know this, that even Jesus' parents, who had a visit from an angel and from shepherds, from an old man and a prophetess, and who parented him through every day of his childhood, still didn't get it when he was 12, and they didn't totally get it yet when he was an adult either. And so it is okay if you don't get it yet. 
There are people in this church who have been studying the Scriptures for 70 years, and if they're honest with you, they'll tell you, I don't get it all yet. But keep at it. Keep at it. Ask questions. Like, not to Google, but to like real people. Ask questions. Join a life group. Go to a Bible study, go to youth group, come to Sunday school, ask someone to mentor you, call Pastor Nick, he's probably awake because he has a baby, just call him at any time of the day, right? Maybe. Uh, Come to the worship service, sing the songs, listen to the sermons, but we are in a place where we can have grace as we understand, well listen, there isn't one of us who gets all of it. We're all just learning and growing together, kids and adults, and it's good to be a part of a church whose mission it is to know Christ and to make Him known. Let's pray. Father, thank You. Thank You that we can come to You in the name of Your Son, and that because we're united with Him by faith through Your grace, that we can call You Father just like He did. Thank you that you have given us your word so that we might know you, that we might know your son, that we might know of your plan to save many through him. And I thank you that you gave us too just this snapshot of Jesus' life as a child and for what he reveals about himself. Help us to know him Help us to trust Him. Help us to treasure Him.